It is 12, 13 a.m. on Wednesday, and we are just finishing the second edition of the newspaper. Can you read the headline that's at the top of the front page right now? It will say, A Nation Divided in big type. And then underneath that, tight race, high turnout, reflect partisan split over crises. That sounds like it pretty much encapsulates the moment right now. (laughs) Yes, indeed. From the newsroom of The Washington Post, this is Post Reports. I'm Martine Powers. It's the morning of Wednesday, November 4th. My name is Scott Vance. I'm a deputy managing editor at The Post. Among the things I do is help pay attention to and build the front page of the newspaper. So, you know, I think that we spent so much time going into Election Day talking about the fact that this wasn't necessarily going to be decided tonight, that this is a process that could potentially take days. And yet I think we're still all here, like, in some ways surprised or just like kind of harried about the fact that we don't actually know what the result will be tonight. So when you're thinking about the front page and the kind of flux that we're in right now, how do you and your team think about how to capture that for people who are trying to understand the news? Well, you know, what we're sort of required to do in print is to give a snapshot of what was going on when we put the paper to bed and put it on the presses. So, you know, there are natural limitations there. We try to help make up for that by being as explanatory as we can, helping people to understand why there isn't a result yet, where we know the returns have yet to come in that are important to deciding the race. We also, of course, uh, have a story on the front page about um, the Senate and where that stands. And of course, uh, something we also do Senate. not quite know completely. We do not know at all. We've had a few had a few results, but you know, it's going to go into into the morning. What we know so far is that Florida and Texas have gone to Trump. What we very much do not know is who has won the election. Despite that fact, President Trump is already declaring himself the winner. At about 2.30 in the morning on Wednesday, he came out to a crowd of his supporters at the White House, and he gave a false picture of the state of the race. This is a fraud on the American public. This is an embarrassment to our country. We were getting ready to win this election. Frankly, we did win this election. Trump was suggesting that the continued counting of ballots is a form of fraud. But the fact is, it's clear that it will be some time before we know the true and final counts for several critical states. States like Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin. To find out the real story of what is going on right now, we talked to some of the reporters who were in the thick of it in the very early hours of Wednesday morning. This is Tolu. Hi, Tolu. It's Maggie. Hey, how's it going? Good. Post Report senior producer Maggie Penman called our White House reporter Tolu Olurunipa to talk about Trump's reaction. As of right now, what do we know? We 
do not know who the next president of the United States will be. We do know that there are several states where the race is too close to call. Uh, we do know that former Vice President Joe Biden has a number of different paths that he can still get to 270 votes. But so does President Trump. This is a race that Trump entered as an underdog, and he has won a number of states that he won four years ago. Biden has won a number of states where he has been competing. He picked up at least one state, we believe, where uh, Trump won in 2016. But a lot of the major hotly contested swing states are still too close to call, and it may be several hours or days before we know who the ultimate winner is going to be. And how has the president responded to this situation where it's just too close to call? Well, even before any votes were cast, the president said that he thought the election was going to be rigged because there were so many absentee ballots. He was willing to fight in the courts over absentee ballots, over the fact that some ballots may arrive after election day, even though that is legal in a number of different states. So the president has responded the way we thought he would respond in that he has said that there's voter fraud, even though there's no evidence at this point that there is voter fraud or any kind of stealing of an election. He's accused Democrats of trying to steal the election. He's essentially claimed victory, saying that, you know, he's up big at this point and he's winning. That is something that we probably expected that he would do. It's, it does not have a precedent in, in modern history for a president to declare victory in, in this way when so many votes are yet to be counted. But uh, this is what we've come to expect from the president, and uh, it shows that we are in for uh, a very contentious period of wrangling over the legality of some of the votes that have been cast, and ultimately for who's going to be in the White House for the next four years. It could be a very bitter fight. Yeah, it sounds like this could get ugly. This could definitely get ugly. Um, we have a you know we have a president who has said that he's willing to fight this all the way to, to the Supreme Court. We have a challenger who's fighting to oust uh, an incumbent president from office and saying that he will use any legal means necessary to do that. And we have a bitterly divided nation that is uh, evident from the very close race that we are in. So this could get ugly. This could get very contentious. And we'll be just waiting and watching to see how it plays out. Okay. well, I think it's going to be a long week for you, so I'll let you go. Thank you so much. It is going to be a long week for, for all of us. <laughs> okay, we'll get some rest. I'll talk to you later. You got it. Bye. Bye. Tolu Olurunipa is a White House reporter for The Post. After President Trump also tweeted a false claim that Democrats were trying to steal the election, Twitter actually added a big disclaimer, saying that, quote, some or all of the content shared in this tweet is disputed and might be misleading about an election. This is Annie. Hey, Annie, it's Martine. Hey, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good. Where are you right now? Um, I'm in uh, Wilmington, Delaware. Annie Linsky is a national political reporter at The Post. I just left Biden's election night event, which um, was a, set up to be a really big, massive party. <laughs> um, and uh, turned out to be a little bit less than that. Good evening. He um, came out a little bit after 12.30 a.m. at the Chase Center in Wilmington. Your patience is commendable. We knew this was going to go long, 
But who knew we're going to go into maybe tomorrow morning, maybe even longer. But look, we feel good about where we are. We really do. Joe Biden spoke very briefly. He said that he feels optimistic. I'm here to tell you tonight, we believe we're on track to win this election. He said that he believes that he is going to be victorious. Um, And then he said those key words. It's going to take a while. We're going to have to be patient until we, uh, the hard work of tallying the votes is finished. That every vote should be counted. And it ain't over till every vote is counted. Every ballot is counted. So what was the mood in the Biden camp when you were there? You know, Biden staffers had really been hoping for a big victory tonight, like a decisive win over Trump. And so when it became clear around, you know, 9.30, 10, that that wasn't going to be the case, there was a little disappointment that set in and this sort of sense of like buckling in for a longer ride. And, mm-hmm. you know, they had, they'd always said that that was a possibility, but I think sort of emotionally they were thinking it would be a, a, a quicker night. And then, you know, you had, you had supporters there too, who were just sort of baffled that there's sort of a sense of bewilderment that there could be so many people in the country that just feel so differently than they do. So beyond just the fact that Biden supporters were hoping for a decisive or overwhelming win on Tuesday night and they didn't get that. What do you think were some of the details of those surprises or in terms of what we've seen so far, the ways that the races panned out that was different from how they had expected or hoped? Well, there was a lot of um, discussion about some of these Sunbelt states, you know, Texas being one, um, you know, Arizona being another sort of mixed result at this point. Biden's looking quite good in Arizona, for example. But, you know, Florida um, is a state that just seems to confound Democrats. And, you know, you saw that being called and, and it was quite evident quite early that Florida would slip away from from Biden. Another surprise was also Ohio. I mean, there had been really good polling for Biden out of Ohio. There was, you know, some in- indications early that he might be doing well in the in the suburbs of Ohio, and that sort of faded pretty quickly too. Some of the issue here is that there are so many ballots that haven't been counted because they're vote by mail, and we're going to just have to wait to see who the victor is. And the fact that President Trump has already started talking about the election being stolen from him if we continue to count ballots, is the Biden camp getting worried about that and about the other factors that can start to come into play if this count extends for multiple days? Well, you know, for the Biden campaign, um, it's always been their nightmare scenario that the vote be deeply questioned and that they're that this sort of drag into more of a litigation phase than just a pure voting phase. And some of that is because Republicans have done such a good job in terms of judges that are sort of favorable to their arguments and to their perspectives. Mm. That becomes a little bit dicier um, if you're winning in a courtroom rather than in a voting booth. You know, it's not, it hasn't come to that. It, there are some senior staff that were speculating that this could be 
figured out in the next 12 to to 24 hours um, and it wouldn't be this drawn out drama but that is it does always hang in over people's minds and then the idea of it being being some sort of illegitimacy cast over it hmm. um, is problematic because Biden his theme and his what he would like to do is unite the country and it would be harder to do if it starts off with this notion that there was a, some sort of issue with the election. Annie Linsky is a national political reporter at The Post. We know that the state of the race to be the next president of the United States is currently tighter than I think some of us previously thought the race would be at this point based on the polling that we had access to. I'm Eugene Scott, and I cover identity politics for The Fix at The Washington Post. It appears that the advantage that some of these polls showed Biden having in some states was not as large as previously believed. And so there still are states that have not yet been called and will likely not be called within the next 24 hours that could actually provide some clarity to what's actually going on. But right now, it's still, it's not clear who the next president of the United States will be. So what has been surprising so far tonight in terms of the results that we have seen? You know, I don't know that anything has been surprising as much as whatever hopes some people may have had. You know, Florida went for Trump as did, I believe, Texas. And these are states that Democrats have believed that they would be competitive in, at least for the last two years. I think in a matter of minutes, you realize that, hey, that's not the case. And I think that has been revealing more than surprising. And with what we know currently, what are the remaining paths if Biden is going to win? Uh, right now, I mean, Biden needs to win Arizona. And we have Pennsylvania Wisconsin and Michigan out, and he needs to win at least one of those to capture everything. Uh, some of the other states that have yet to be called, like North Carolina, are leaning red, and it's not looking likely that that can work in his favor as of now. But it's important to remember that, you know, there are a lot of ballots that have yet to be counted, and certainly Biden is going to make the argument that they should be. You know, going into this, a lot of people were anticipating that President Trump would basically declare himself winner prematurely and tweet or announce before all the ballots were actually counted that he'd won. And we're already starting to see that from the president. Well, we have Vice President Biden trying to essentially tell people to be patient. So how do you think that that start of rhetoric from both of these candidates and from their campaigns is going to shape this weight for the next few days? Well, it appears from the uh, tweets that have been posted on social media most recently that President Trump is aware that if more ballots are counted, that could work against him. And that Biden is aware that if more ballots are counted, that could work in his favor. And so the narrative, I think, that is going to emerge for the next few days is one about whether or not ballots should be counted, which is why even before Election Day, you saw so many tweets coming from those on the left requesting or fighting for or advocating for every ballot to be counted. And that is 
you know, fascinating that that has become a central theme of this election, the fight for or, you know, against, depending on who you're talking about, uh, whether or not ballots should be counted. And the fact that we're in this moment where there is not a clear early or overwhelming win on either side and that this is going to be a tight race, that it's going to be more drawn out, do we expect that to result in more litigation? I mean, we saw so many legal battles in the days uh, approaching Election Day about when and how ballots could be cast or counted. And are we expected to see that continue in the next few days? It's hard to believe that this won't go to the courts on some level because both sides are deeply invested in winning and want to use every resource possible and available to them uh, to make sure they get to their desired outcome. And I also think that it's worth pointing out that the fact that this is going to take longer, especially in states like Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, that that is something that we knew because of the laws around counting ballots that if there is a concern now that it's taking too long, that these states are basically holding up the rest of the country, that is something that could have been fixed but was not because of restrictions on processing and counting ballots ahead of Election Day. Yeah, this isn't a surprise. The reality is different states handle this process differently. And The reality is that some states give their voters and their residents the answers they want uh, sooner than later because of the laws they have in place that allow them to do so. And then you have other states that allow for accounting to go, you know, quite a bit beyond Election Day and therefore leave questions unanswered despite the desire to have some sense of what is going on in the future as quickly as possible. And I also do want to talk briefly about the Postal Service that has been plagued with so many problems over the past few months and has become a pretty big part of how we understand this election. Um, Our colleague Jacob Bogage has been reporting on some of those problems and the delivery of mail-in ballots. And he talked to us late on Tuesday night about some questions about whether completed ballots that are in the care of the Postal Service have actually been delivered to election offices and that there is this remaining question that maybe some of those ballots are still sitting at postal processing plants. So how could those concerns about leftover ballots in the care of the Postal Service have an impact on the next couple days and the rest of the count? Well, there certainly will be some type of emphasis on trying to make sure that the Postal Service is not behaving politically and counting every ballot that they have received in a timely manner. And there's some doubt among some Americans, especially those on the left, that their vote will be counted and that this could work in their favor. And so we certainly should expect to see attention just, you know, be directed towards how the post office has been responding to ballots since receiving them and more importantly, what they're doing with them as we speak. I also want to talk about some of these key Senate races. So Democrat John Hickenlooper has flipped a seat in Colorado. Republican Tommy Tuberville has won the seat in Alabama that was previously held by Doug Jones. But more largely, what do we know right now about this question of whether or not control of the Senate could change hands? As of now, it's not looking very likely. Some of the races that Democrats were thinking were most competitive in their favor actually have turned out to be victorious for the Republican Party. Certainly, ballots are still being counted in some of the remaining races as well. But the advantage that uh, the GOP had appears to be in place, maybe not to the same degree, but certainly where it counts, including having Mitch McConnell return to 
the Senate, being the you know longest serving senator in uh, Kentucky history. Whether or not he will actually be the majority leader, it's not yet clear, but his vision and worldview will likely remain in place and continue to have considerable influence in that body. So what are the big questions that you still have left tonight? I really want to see how different groups performed. I want to see what Latino voters did in Florida. And we really need to see how different groups of Latinos voted differently. There's interest in seeing how white women voted and suburban voters and seniors and white working class voters, also black and Latino men, just figuring out how uh, the numbers ended up where they have. Eugene Scott analyzes politics for the fix. That's it for Post Reports. Thanks for listening. This is obviously a very fast-moving story. So we will be back in your feeds later today with another episode around 5 p.m. Wednesday covering the latest on what we know. In the meantime, go to WashingtonPost.com for our most up-to-date coverage. I'm Martine Powers. We'll be back later today with more stories from The Washington Post.